Dusty, what's the one book you can always find in our car when we're on a trip? Honestly, Mike, it is usually a Moon travel guide. That's right. Moon is our favorite travel guidebook publisher because not only are they a source for ethical travel and the best ways to get away, but their books also are packed full of information on everything from sites to see, trails to hike, restaurants, and lodging, all from real authors who are local to the areas they're writing about. That's right. And we're so excited that this year we are again partnering with Moon Travel Guides. Ready to cross something off your travel bucket list in 2024? Have a lot of great ideas for trips, but don't know how to get started or keep your itinerary organized? Wherever your wanderings might take you or inspire you to go, Moon Travel has you covered. Moon Travel is the travel guidebook publisher for ethical travel. Don't spend months trying to craft the perfect getaway when you can do it all with Moon. Whether you're headed abroad, planning to take to the open road, or want to wander the trails of a national park, make sure to pack a Moon Travel Guide with you. Through the end of 2024, our listeners can get 20% off any Moon Travel Guide when they use the code GAZE20 at checkout. That's amazing. And that is code GAZE24, G-A-Z-E-2-4 for 20% off any Moon travel guide in Moon's entire library. And that is just for our listeners, and you cannot find that anywhere else. Be sure to visit Moon.com. Head to our show notes and check it out and see Moon's entire collection of travel guidebooks. Welcome to Trail Mix, the small mini episode in between the larger episodes of Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. On Trail Mix, we talk about a whole bunch of different things. Um, Sometimes it's things that we weren't able to talk about in our larger episodes, um, like parts of our trip. National Park updates. Yep. Sometimes it's stuff that's going on in our lives. Like, for instance, we talked about Halloween on an episode. That's true. Um, And sometimes it's a mix of the two. Today on Trail Mix, we are talking all about Asheville, North Carolina. Asheville holds a really special place in our hearts. Uh, By the time this episode is live, we'll have visited Asheville three times. We'll have just done a trip to Great Smoky Mountains National Park early in November, and we use Asheville as our jumping-off city. And why do we do that, Dusty? Well, we have a very good friend that lives in Asheville. Um, Her name is Nadine Charlson. We've mentioned her on the podcast before. She's a watercolor painter. She's a genius. But also because Asheville is, like, such an incredible city. Right. Asheville is kind of the coolest. So Yeah. And it's only, like, an hour from, like, the Great Smokies. It might be a little bit more than that. Really? Yeah. Don't give me that look. You just looked at me like you're a liar. You are a liar. Don't lie to our adoring fan base. I am not a liar. (laughs) You're a liar. You're a liar. You're a liar whose phone goes off at six in the morning. You're a (laughs) liar. Don't even come for me. Mike stayed at my house last night and like literally alarms in the middle of the night, waking up everyone. Yes, everyone. From yeah. Ma to little Jimmy to little to Jimmy. the dog. Yes. Yeah. My neighbors came over yep. and they were like our children. It was were like asleep. a Norman Rockwell painting. Mike, what do you love about Asheville? Well, as an artist, there's so much to love about Asheville. It's an incredibly thriving arts community. Um, So every time we go back, I feel like there are new artists in different spaces. Um, The River Arts District is where our friend Nadine has her studio. Um, But there's so many different artists that are working. Um, I teach ceramics, so there's a lot of ceramic artists that are down there, but I also went to school for printmaking and I paint. So there's a lot for me just to be able to enjoy in that aspect of it and to see what people that are working creatively and working to kind of make their living off their arts are doing. Um, it's, it's really awesome. 
Asheville is like a total hub for artists. The River Arts District in Asheville was created because there were all these buildings along the river that used to house various businesses because it was right next to the railroad and the river. Right. Like there were, you could get things both onto trains and onto boats. Hmm. Yes. But that was so long ago. And then now they don't, those businesses have moved elsewhere right. I but think those also buildings of, are still there i think also part of that was like down economic downturn too right um and looking to like reinfuse back into the city something that was going to be thriving and long lasting absolutely and then and they had all these buildings that were available right. so then they specifically the city said we need to court artists for these and it was as a smart well move. and also some artists had already just like claimed space in some of those abandoned buildings and said, I'm going to use this as studio space. So there was like this combination of both like artists really liked the area and wanted to be there. And then also the local government was really into oh, the yeah. idea of bringing that into the city. Yeah. So now that sort of has infused everything in the city. Yeah. Well, the downtown is incredible. There's right. so much happening. There's so many restaurants, so many bars, so many art galleries. You can't, I mean, can't swing a dead cat, can't without, swing hitting a dead cat without hitting an art gallery in Asheville. <laughs> it's true. Um, I really liked that one in the old Woolworths downtown mm-hmm. where there are a ton of artists in there. But often those artists have spaces in the River Arts District. Right. It's kind of like a satellite um, position for them. So, yeah. So if you're a tourist and you're wandering through downtown Asheville like, and you wander into the Woolworths, right. then you can take a look at all of the artists of most of the artists of the River Arts District in one place. Right. They have a little card on each one of their displays to show where they are located in the River Arts District. Mm -hmm. And then you can head on over there. Along the river, there are so many different studios. A lot of artists will all be inside of one studio. That's what Nadine... The 310 Arts Her situation is, yeah, she's in the 310 Arts uh, studio. Mm -hmm. So a lot of artists um, are a part of that studio. And then... Right next door, there are so many other studios right. with and lots th- of different kinds of artists. And I think I just saw Nadine post something that um, one of the buildings that's also downtown, mm-hmm. they're just about to develop that. Like that's It's in the process of being finished up for more artist studio space. Oh, cool. that, that building with all the graffiti on it mm-hmm. um, that was like right near 12 Bones and the brewery, mm-hmm. um, that's becoming another artist space, wow. which is really, really awesome. Um, I mean... I think, you know, aside from the arts, the fact that you're kind of nestled right in the Blue Ridge Mountains there and oh, yeah. the scenery is, it's really incredible. Uh, Let's talk about the Blue Ridge Mountains sure. for a second. The Blue Ridge Mountains, not a national park, but my goodness, what a national treasure they oh, are. Oh my God. Yeah. It's it's really a, a short distance drive to be in the Blue Ridge oh, yeah. and to be on the Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, Which the Blue Ridge Parkway, another national treasure of America. I mean, it is a spectacular view. It's windy, but it doesn't feel like... There were times, like, in Utah, we were, like, really high up driving around, and that felt terrifying. Right. 
But I never felt terrified driving on the Blue Ridge Parkway. No, no. It was definitely, you know, like you're on the side of mountains. So right. So you got to take curves a little slower. Right. You don't, but. No, like a bat out of one hell. Has to. That's right. I'm like Cruella DeVille when she's like driving for oh the donations. Yep. That's a very apt um, image that I'm that's giving you. That's your costume for next that's year. That's my costume for next year. Can I give a quick update? Sure. I wanted to say this. Yeah. When I went as Miranda Priestly. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is like a corrections corner. This is. But well, not really. it's not a corrections corner. It's an it's, update corner. It's an offerings corner. Okay, offerings corner. Um, when I How went many to Miranda Priestly, right, I went to the gay Halloween party dressed as her, mm-hmm. knowing that I had to be, like, it had to be perfect mm-hmm. and accurate, or else I was going to get, like, read for filth right mm-hmm. and left by everybody. So I go in, and let me tell you, 80% of everybody immediately got what I was doing. Uh-huh. However, there was... I swear to you, about 10 people who walked up and they went, oh, my God, Glenn Close. Uh-uh. No, girl, no. <laughs> Your card has been revoked. Right, right, canceled. right. No, canceled. No. You are canceled. That's right. Absolutely You'll have to not. wait four to six weeks to Someone, receive a new one. Another person who was dressed as Cruella DeVille, uh-huh. albeit not well, but still technically right, right, dressed right. as Cruella DeVille, came up to me and was like, oh, my God, we're both Glenn Close. And I went, uh-uh, no, girl. No. Yeah, let's let's know. But we the all know that you have Glenn, Glenn Close, Close dreams. Oh, I absolutely have I Glenn Close dreams. But let's be real. Yeah. I would, there was nothing about me that was right, Glenn right. Close. No, 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 not at all. I'm glad that we like took that in, important detail on our journey through Asheville. Absolutely. You know, it was very integral. I'm completely integral. The public was clamoring for knowledge. They were. About no, what, I really wanted about to tell your them. Mm-hmm. So. We drove on the Blue Ridge Parkway, we and did, we did some hiking in we the did, Blue Ridge we Mountains. We did. Um, Nadine took us hiking, and we were in the Pisgah National Forest. I think we were pretty close to Mount Pisgah. Yeah. Um, but we we did some hiking because I think it was when we were there in the summer, it was blueberry season. It yes. was really close to being like per- peak blueberry and season. Nadine wanted to know, or she was curious if we could get some blueberries. Right. And, and we did we? No, no we not really, no. no. Um, she, I think it was like if you we were there probably like a week later because we talked to her and she was like we went back up and there were plenty of blueberries. Oh, okay. Um, but I mean, it was so beautiful up there. Oh it's, my god, it was perfect. Like it, what a it, great it was... space to hike into, and it was nice because it kind of gave us like a little bit of an inroad to what we would sort of experience when we were in Great Smoky. Absolutely. Like, um, there was definitely like a lot of um. Walking over stepping stones in in streams, and it was not terribly uphill ever. It just was sort of like a like a lovely little you know like trot about at the top of a mountain. Yeah, it was it was really neat. That was like such a real such a nice way to spend the day. We've been there both in the spring and the summer now, and you know when this podcast launches this episode. We'll have been there in the fall, but we haven't really experienced, as we're recording this now, haven't experienced fall no. in oh my God. Asheville. I'm, so I'm so excited. I'm to sure that like Asheville it would have been fall. really neat to be down there for Halloween. Like I'm sure this is like a city that like embraces Halloween, and I'm sure they embrace the fall. Like they probably go full tilt, but um, um, it's a whole bunch of artists, right? Of course they embrace of course. Halloween. I know, but I'm just saying it probably is is magical down there at this time of year. So I'm really looking forward to the trip. Um, oh my god, I'm so looking forward to it. And I'm sure that we'll have like an updates corner at some point oh, about this. Many trip. <laughs> updates corner. Because we're recording live inside of the Pentagon right now because exactly. we have five corners. Updates corners, five corners, corrections corners, 
and offerings uh, corner. offerings corners. There's two more we haven't revealed um, yet. What will the, they be? Um, I remember Nadine talking about the Blue Ridge Mountains so often, and I was like. Oh, why are they called the Blue Ridge Mountains? I can obviously imagine for myself why, but when we were up hiking up there, mm-hmm. like you just look out and you're like, oh, I see why. I just even think the drive up, because we were up early, so it was, you know, j- dawn had just broken, and... Morning has broken. Is this more Spring Awakening? No. No, that is an old hymn, girl. <laughs> That's like and like a song from the seventies. Okay, I'm like sorry. Well, you just went into tune, and I just wasn't sure what was going on. Jesus anyway, Christ. <clears throat> no, we got up early, and so we were up there as the sun the sun was breaking over the mountains, and it was the the gradients, the blue gradients, and even the mist, like the hanging kind of fog through oh, yeah. the valleys of the mountains. Like what a sight! It was so incredible to see. It was. It was. What else did we do when we were in Asheville? So, I mean, we've done a lot of things when we, we were down there. We the first have, trip we really didn't get a ton of time. Let's talk about the context by which we have visited Asheville. Sure, sure. So, the first time we visited Asheville was on a road trip that we took, right? Um, which we'll talk about. We'll talk about it another, another time. But it was not national parks related. It was no. It was we started in Florida and then we made our way up the East Coast. Right. Well, we started in Jersey and yeah. ended in and then Florida. we drove and then to loops. Florida and then came back. Yeah. But Asheville was to stop on that road. Right. Or on that trip. Yeah. Then the second time we went to Asheville was for a trip that included those two other national parks. Congaree and Shenandoah. Yeah. Congaree and Shenandoah. And so this time we'll be going to hike the Smoky Mountains, as right. we have announced previously. Yep. And um, For our second trip to the Smokies. Yeah, our yeah. second trip to the Smokies, yep. yes. And third trip to Asheville. Yeah, yeah. So things we've done in Asheville before... We went to the grounds of the Biltmore. Yes. We did not go inside of the no, Biltmore. No, because it's like something like a $60 entrance fee it or is. something. And, like, unfortunately, there's no sort of, like, um, not-for-profit, right. like, endeavor right. as, like, behind the ticket that you right. pay for the Biltmore. You're literally just paying $60 to go inside of a house. Right. Which it is magnificent. Apparently, for, yeah. we saw it from the outside. And, and if photos. you've ever seen Richie Rich, then you know. Then you know. Macaulay Culkin lived there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I thought he was still living there when mm-hmm. we were there. Me too. Mm-hmm. But we also so, ate dinner. There was the restaurant that was there on the grounds. Is. There is. And because there's a hotel. I mean, the Biltmore is on like a massive area of land. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's big enough to be its own national park. The Vanderbilts. The Vanderbilts. The Vanderbilt more. The Vanderbilt more. Right. We had dinner at that place, and yep. that place was great. We went to Grove Park Inn. We did, which, which is well, uh, like Obama ho- stayed there. It's a hotel and a spa, and talk it about is incredible. That's also a massive building too. Oh, that's huge. That is an art piece all by itself. Right. Right. Talk about those ceilings. Those right. Are I mean, you walk into that lobby seen. area, and it's just gigantic. Yeah. Um, yeah. The comparable thing, and this is going to sound like maybe a little gauche talking about the Grove Park Inn with this, but um, if you've ever stayed at the Wilderness Lodge in Disney, that's oh, exactly like what that I lobby think sort the of The Wilderness feels Lodge like. was inspired by the oh, Grove Park Inn. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but there's also a spa on site, too. Mm-hmm. And from the back porch, you can really like look out and kind of, if I'm remembering correctly, see oh, the city, right? See or lots. see the surrounding area, at least. Yeah. Um, but it's like slopes down the back of, right. of a 
mountain. Right. And they have they have some artist um, collections, too. They have like a gallery on site at the. Um, oh, yeah, there's the a inn. lot to see. And so there's a lot of like artists, local artists works there, too. So, again, artistry is infused everywhere in Asheville. One evening in Asheville, we went to Drum Circle. We did. Nadine brought us to Drum Circle, right. which was, which is, is what it sounds like. Yeah. It's, it is like a, a, a celebration of percussion and just like a lot of people with their instruments. Right. But in an open park. In an open, but it was open downtown. Yeah. Yeah. It it's a like downtown an, open area. It's like a, it's a square, like a, it's not, there's not any like landscaping per se. I mean, there are trees, but it's not any green space. It's more of like a concrete sort right, of amphitheater exactly. t- type park. I have um, from Asheville this musical instrument. It is, um, yeah, it's actually right behind me right now as we're recording it. Um, this musical instrument, it is, uh, it's called a long neck dulcimer. And um, the company in Asheville that makes it is. Like, they are the original makers of this. And now other people have, like... Other companies now also manufacture similar things, but they were the originals. And it's beautiful. And it's a diatonically tuned instrument. So, literally, like, you hold it like a guitar. You can put your fingers anywhere. And no matter what you play, you're going to play something that sounds good. Yeah, it's... I mean... Talk it's so about, much fun. I love playing it. Talk about um, weaving together two different art forms so incredibly gorgeously. Oh, yeah. Um, the instruments themselves have such unique design. Yes. Like, I feel like we stepped into Ollivander's wand shop. and Oh, totally. The yeah. the wand chooses the wizard, Harry. Mm-hmm. This, and just, this is just, like, also all the nerdery. You you folks are getting all oh, the nerdery. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Which... <laughs> Which Harry Potter character are you? Oh, who am I? This is like a BuzzFeed quiz. This is, yeah, well, this is like special quizzes. Oh, special quizzes. uh, Special games. Oh, special games. Mid-episode games. Mid-episode games. Uh, Who am I? Like, what what an existential question this is. Who are you in the Harry Potter universe? I think my answer is um, Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh, but he's, like, sort of a villain. I know he's sort of a villain, but, like, I would totally write a book called Magical Me. <laughs> In reality, though, I am, like, I am a Hermione Granger. Right, full right. Through and through. Through and through. Right. And I'm a Ravenclaw. Yeah. Um, I think the person I identified the most with was, just because I thought he was a total kick-ass dude, was Kingsley Shacklebolt. Mm. And also, let's talk about that name, because what thank you, JK, name. for that. Oh, for real. Um. I just thought he was like he was the top top dog there. Um, yes, but I I am a a Ravenclaw as well as we've discovered. Yes, you are a Ravenclaw, mm-hmm. even though I still stand firm that you are a Hufflepuff. And I have a majestic black mare as my Patronus. What's your Patronus, Dusty? A rat. <laughs> According to Pottermore, I have a rat as a Patronus. Right. And let me tell you, it's pizza rat actually. It's a pizza rat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Something that I really loved in Asheville, right behind the 310 Arts Studio, is there's a whole new development with buildings that they're building um, for more studio spaces. But what they did was they essentially just, like, opened it up and they said, hey, graffiti artists, like, we want you to bring to life, like, all the kind of work you want on all of these walls. Yeah. And they were, like, the rules is that it can't, there can't be any 
obscenities and no hateful language. Right. I think. And that was, those were the only rules. And when we first were down there, which was in 2016, was it 2016 or 2017? The first time was 2016. So it was the spring of 2016. Um, That space was really just for graffiti. There, nothing had been developed into those spaces. It was really just really incredible and and we'll post when you know when this podcast is live there'll be some posts up um of those spaces we'll, yes. we have photos plenty and of photos now of going back like even a year later it was it like was and there was incredible development i mean what was the name of the barbecue place 12 bones 12 bones which was moved. back there which had moved and then there's a there's a brewery back there yep, there's a brewery and then a lot of different art galleries back there was there like a motorcycle shop back there it was too? either a motorcycle shop or a skate shop or a skate shop i think maybe like both that. actually maybe were both. there Right. So there's a ton of like life being breathed into that River Arts District, but it's pretty incredible that the city was so gung ho about this becoming a, a developed space um, to, you know, infuse more culture into the city, to infuse more revenue into the city, obviously. And they really opened it up for artists to do so much of that work and, and really make it a comfortable space, I think, for artists to be. Um, and when you are strolling as a person as a consumer of art you can stroll through the river arts district all day and probably not see everything right um there are just so many artists in every single studio and like i found like a lot of them have different tiers of their work available for sale like um like some artists will have like gigantic paintings for sale and then they'll also have smaller paintings and then if you really like this artist and can't afford to purchase a large painting right now which we totally advocate for that Mm -hmm. invest in living artists but um they will often make like a small more affordable piece of artwork Mm -hmm. that more people could generally afford Mm -hmm. than say like one of the giant pieces right but that still that small piece of artwork you bring that home that still starts conversation about right. where it came from nadine has something like this where she paints sunset postcards with beer yes yeah and she uses different beer brewed in Asheville because yep. beer makes beautiful sunsets in watercolor yeah and so when you purchase one of these postcards it's like displayed next to the beer that was used yes. in the painting of it yes and when we were down there our second trip through Part of that was because you were filming a little documentary. Yeah, I do a Nadine. lot of Nadine's. Um, I do all of Nadine's YouTube content. Yeah, so we were both working to film that, and that was a lot of fun. And it was really awesome to spend the day in the studio with her and see people come in. And you know, she had a few sales that day. Oh, um, she did, and it she was really, really neat to to watch that process as people kind of nose through. Cause she's such she, an incredible body of work. Oh, it's, incredible. Yeah. Um and she she paints from from photographs, so she'll take lots of different photographs and like composite the photographs and then paint and uh the painting will be created based on the image of the composite photograph. Mm-hmm. And she works which is so all much into it. In it's all in the um um the YouTube uh videos that um have been created about her work right she has a train series right now that Mm -hmm. is just exploding actually i mean she started painting some trains and um like various different trains because down in her area of the country like 
all these old trains have been restored. So she's gone and she's like photographed them. Right. And I have to say, like, I did not know that how big a deal like trains are to some people. Yeah. Like, yeah. The train enthusiast community is serious. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, yeah. The, I did not know this, but and, they are, and they ended up, they ended up being a, a lot of the patrons that um, uh, purchased a number of her pieces. And the cool thing too is that Nadine is really working to capture stuff in Asheville that isn't even there anymore. She, there was a roundhouse that I think it was there our first trip, and she took a bunch of photos of it. She was able to get, she knew someone that worked for the railway system. She knew it was going to get torn down. She was able to get on the grounds, um, like saying she was, you know, okay to be able to do it. And she took a ton of photos, which she was so excited because that's such a, was such a big part of Asheville history. And it's no longer there anymore um, because of such soaring development that's happening in Asheville. But it was captured in artwork. Yeah. Um, one other thing that I wanted to talk about is the food. So, I mean, we did mention 12 Bones, um, which was an incredible barbecue um, experience. Oh, incredible. Um, there is, like, one of the best breakfast experiences <gasps> that I've ever had that oh we've my done God, both yes. times we were there. It's called Biscuit Head. Mm. And it is... So good. They have two locations. They do. And it's delicious. And then we also went to... That taco place, what is the name of that taco place that's also very famous? Okay, I just looked it up. It's called White Duck Taco. Oh, yes. That was so delicious. So, I mean... The f- I remember when we gone there, like, there was some, like, cute guy who had a dog, and we had seen him walking around downtown, and then we had also seen him at... The taco place, and I was like, "Oh, look, my boyfriend!" Right, your boyfriend and his dog, and he's come here, or your boyfriend and his human, (laughs) my boyfriend and his human, yeah, for real, because Nadine's dog Asher is your boyfriend, is my boyfriend, yes, Um, dog boyfriends, dog boyfriends, they never disappoint. No, one has to go. Okay, one has to go. Start us off, Mike. So, since we started or talked a little bit about in this episode ho- the holiday of Halloween, my one has to go relates to holidays. Okay, I'm ready. And they are our end of the year holidays. So, yes. one has to go Halloween, Thanksgiving, or Christmas. Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah. I appreciate Thanksgiving. Um, I just feel like. Um, the accuracy of what actually happened in the historical context of that is um, a little mm, like we could do better, I think. Right. Just like Columbus Day. Why is that still a thing? Why is that? Um, No, I mean, I am I am saying that as far like I'm keeping Halloween just because of the costumes. And as far as Christmas goes, like, I mean, obviously, that's super like a christian centric but um i guess i just um i like i personally like the decor of christmas Mm. slightly more (laughs) okay and um i was born and raised in a house that was like christmas was like all out and so yeah my my little heart is here for like um all of the things that come with christmas Mm. and I mean, I do feel like Thanksgiving often like ushers that in, but right. I think we can. I think Thanksgiving is a little m- moldable, and we we could 
reappropriate Thanksgiving. I sure, think. but other things are set in stone here. Yeah, as far as holidays go. Okay, I'll take I it. I think I so. understand. I just feel like I get. I'm very tired with um, the overhype of Christmas and the it being everywhere from like August going to February. I know, but and, you know this is capitalism, and of course that's going to happen. Oh, I know, but I just like I think it's deadened it for me. Let me tell you something. This is truth. Okay, I'm revealing a piece of truth okay. right now. Last season, holiday season, when I went down to visit my family, mm-hmm. staying at my mom's house. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it was, the TV was exclusively on the Hallmark Channel. Mm-hmm. Not by my choice, but by my mom's. Mm-hmm. And it is her house, and she has every right, right to watch the Hallmark Channel. Right. But let me tell you, that was, that was an experience, having to watch so many made-for-TV Hallmark films, mm-hmm. which... I, I could, hear there's a drinking game involved with Hallmark movies. Oh, there could be many. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but every I mean, time someone finds a puppy. Right. <laughs> every time a Christmas always, miracle happens. I have found that every Hallmark movie is essentially the same. Right, which right, is like right. There's like a, like a woman at the center, often a white woman, who is like has like a really high powered job, but for some reason like has to return home back to the hometown Mm -hmm. where she came from, where she thought she would never get back to. Mm -hmm. She also has a boyfriend from the city, but she gets back and like, and because of some event that has happened, either like a death of somebody or they've discovered some box and she has to come like gather the the belongings inside of the box or perhaps like a school is like being closed down or a library is going out Mm -hmm. of business or something like that. Like she has to return home and she ends up like working the same job she worked in high school and like running into the same boyfriend that she had in high school when she was a different person before she moved to the city and turned all city folk. And then like she has to at the end choose between like the city guy and the hometown guy. And she always goes with the hometown. This sounds like sweet home Alabama. I mean, it. I mean, basically I think sweet home Alabama Alabama stole the Hallmark channels. playbook. did they give way to the Hallmark channels playbook? Who will know? It's like, what came first, the chicken or the egg? For real. It's a question for the the Hallmark (laughs) network. Right. I know. My God, it's so true. So what's my one has to go. What your one has to go is, um, Food in Asheville. Oh, okay. One has to go. Okay. Twelve Bones Barbecue, mm-hmm. Biscuit Head Biscuits, mm-hmm. and the tacos. White Duck Taco. From White Duck Taco. Okay. Well, I mean, I feel like those are three pretty iconic spaces there. They are iconic spaces. Biscuit Head so is not going anywhere, I'll tell you that right mm-hmm. now. That no, is never. on the, that's staying on the list. I mean, I I really enjoy a good barbecue, but I love tacos, so I think that so, I think yeah. Twelve Bones is going. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really, really good. I mean, a great barbecue is, you know, something you never want to let go of. But when there's tacos in the way, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so Twelve Bones, goodbye. Okay. I'm sorry. We love you still. Yep. This has been Trail Mix by Gaze at the National Parks, the podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Gaze at the National Parks and on Twitter at Gaze at the Parks. That's Gaze, G-A-Z-E. 